Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about God of War, and Alex is going to talk about the Analog Pocket, and we'll maybe make some predictions about the Game Awards, which are coming up this Thursday. But before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or save the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. You should probably take out that part about watching the show because you can't really watch it anymore. You can only watch past episodes. Um, unless the Midwest you're creeping. Network. Yeah, unless you're creeping. You can creep in the old ones and then slide into the DMs, all that stuff that the kids say nowadays. <laughs> you know, leave us comments. Hit us up on OnlyFans. Uh, I should set up an OnlyFans. <laughs> and it's just pictures of our feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, anyways, and if you send if you send us a bunch of money, I'll send you some underwear. That's where we do the hot tub stream is on OnlyFans. Yeah, the hot tub streams on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh man, the Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You could subscribe for as little as one dollar a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz/patreon. Thanks again to. Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests, where we veer off the normal path to things like TV and movie and, you know, food, beverages, all that good stuff. This week's Side Quest, we talk about Andor, the Disney Plus awesome series about badassery in uh, a galaxy far, far away. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and again, you can join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early or just don't and they show up in the normal feed on our off weeks. It's up to you. Again, that's mpn.bz slash Patreon. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys have an episode out where they do the number two bracket. They do a bracket for the sequels of several horror films. Things like Friday the 13th Part 2 and Halloween 2. Not the Rob Zombie movie, but the other... I, I, don't, know, I don't remember if John Carpenter did the second one or not. But anyway, the second movie in several horror series all pitted against each other in a bracket. Please check that out. And they also did a Tiny Terror where they previewed the guests of the Days of the Dead Atlanta uh, horror convention. Uh, and, uh, you know talk about who they would go see if they were to attend said show but i don't think they will actually be attending they just uh like to go through the guests and see who's going and figure out who they'd want to who they'd want to see but anyway check that out horrormovieyearbook.com they'll have another episode out uh this week as well so hell yeah ah what do we want to dive into first I can talk about the analog pocket. Do it. I don't have a uh, a jingle. A jingle for it. That's no. fine. I could. I'll do this. What are you buying? Because yeah. I bought an analog pocket. What's in uh, your pocket? And uh, <laughs> an so analog. this device, I think we talked about it a long time ago on one of our first side quests, but it is a uh, a Game Boy like device from the folks at Analog Co. Um. And it plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games. And with the purchase of an additional adapter, it will also play Game Gear games as well. Um, And they have another set of three adapters coming to play like Atari Lynx and Neo Geo Pocket. And I think a third that I can't remember. 
um, which I, of course, bought despite not having any cartridges for any of the three other systems. <laughs> but I was like, I need to... What if I one day own a bunch of Neo Geo Pocket games? Um, but it's pretty cool. Like, First of all, it's all FPGA, which we've talked about previously. I talked about it with the Mr., but basically people are writing cores for this FPGA processor, which are emulating the the hardware that was in the original Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Um, so you're emulating on a hardware level, you're not emulating on a software level, which I think is kind of one of the advantages of um, FPGA, but it, it's supposed to lead to kind of more accurate emulation for these games, and uh, and so far, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time with it. I'm hoping to kind of run through Golden Sun again, which is something that I've been itching to do for a long time and haven't done yet. Um, but it's really cool. It's it's a really nice device to have if you have a lot of your old cartridges lying around and you'd like to play them and find out which ones had batteries in them that are now dead and you can no longer save <laughs> to, which is very sad. Well... Um, I know a guy that will change those out for you. Yeah, me too. And I and I want to start doing that myself as well. So I'm going to learn how to do that as well. Uh, I know Ricky is is adept at doing that as uh, as something that he likes to do on the side. But um, no, it's it's a nice device. I'm I gotta admit I'm a little bit disappointed with some of the build quality of it. Like it does feel like a very solid device, but I wish the buttons were kind of. Um, John, you know how the Game Boy Advance SP has like kind of a clicky button to it? Like it's not, it's a more, it's a very, it's a short throw of a button. Yeah, he's got one in, mm. in view. Uh, and the buttons tend to click and it's a very short throw. Um, yeah. These feel a little bit more like the OG Game Boy. A very squishy, soft, a lot of give to it. There's a button pressed to it, but there's not much of a click, you know? Um, and so... I kind of preferred the SP. I always thought like the original Game Boy had more, it almost like bottoms out in a way, but it doesn't click. I know I get what you're saying yeah. about that, but the button itself, the buttons themselves like kind of bottom out on the original Game Boy. I think that's what I mean when I say squishy, like it's very much like it, it there's a lot of give to it, you know, yeah. instead of the, the, the short throw of the SP. Um, and so, I don't know, just something about that tactile feel. I wish the buttons felt a little bit better. And it is, it does have L and R buttons, which are important for the Game Boy Advance games, because Game Boy Advance had an L and R shoulder button. Um, and it feels a little bit cramped, because it is kind of in, like, original Game Boy configuration. There's, like, a little bit of a hump on the back of the, the device here. And just with where it's kind of located, it's a little bit cramped for my hands, at least. I've got bigger hands. Uh, than, than some people I would say so maybe if your hands are a little bit smaller it won't be an issue um, but overall it's cool it's got a USB-C charging port on the bottom and it has a link cable port it will work with original link cables for both the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance which is awesome you can link it to those original systems to trade your Pokemon between games if you'd like that's awesome uh, it's got a headphone port which is sweet um speakers at the top on either side and then there's also an sd card port that you can throw in there uh there's a lot of interesting features that i haven't delved in, delved into yet in the pocket or the analog os is what they call it um 
there's a thing called memories where it's like saves you can save screenshots and things like that if you have an sd card installed there's also like a game boy game maker and uh there's like a music machine for game boy advance the game boy advanced hardware as well um so you can you can do a lot of cool stuff with with this and i'm excited to delve into it more but overall uh, I think it's a one ninety nine ninety nine, which seems a little bit expensive, but for me, the preser- the preservationist in me likes the idea of like this thing will continue to be able to play my Game Boy games, um, that I have that don't have batteries in them. Uh, and w- and without having to like you know do the the weird illegal thing of emulating. You know, yeah. you can use original cartridges. You can emulate on that um, too. I'm assuming, right? Like, I think so. I haven't quite looked into it. I think you have to like jail jailbreak it, but it's not that hard to jailbreak it because it's yeah. usually like the people at Analog personally release cores that let you emulate things on it. Right. Um, but yeah, there's no like direct support for like we're gonna let you just put ROMs on the SD card and plug it in from the get go. You have to do a little bit of work to make it emulate, but. Yeah, it is it is a way to legally play your cartridges. Um, you know, and you can legally emulate games if you're playing backups of the games that you own, which is that's a true statement. Um but there's just something about it. it. This gives it a little bit more of a like I'm playing it on an actual Game Boy kind of feel rather than like this is being emulated on a computer. Um and I like that. There's a lot of really cool, the, the only other thing I'll say, there's cool um, visual filters where they can, the, the, you can, there's a few different settings for like on the original Game Boy, they can make it so that the screen looks like OG Game Boy or a Game Boy Pocket or the Game Boy Pocket Lite, which is one of the first Game Boys that had like a front light to it. Um, and it, you go from like the greenish of the original Game Boy to like, a flatter blue for like the Game Boy Light, which is very interesting. It's just kind of cool to to play with the visual look. The Game Gear one is is really good too because the Game Gear screen had really like rectangular oblong pixels, and they kind of recreate that on the screen at like a much higher resolution uh, on this machine. So a lot of really cool stuff and nuts and bolts to get into with that. But uh, overall, I think it's cool. Definitely more of like a enthusiast retro gamer kind of device not really kind of as widely appealing as say like a steam deck even but um uh but it's exactly the kind of niche that i'm into so analog pocket pretty sweet hell yeah shall we do a, a brief what we've been playing yeah all right what are you playing on your Xbox, or on your PlayStation, or on your Nintendo Switch, what you've been playing? I'm getting sick of that one. I gotta do a new, <laughs> I gotta f- find a different song, or make you do it, John. Maybe you, maybe you need to sing one now. Um, but, but do you want a parody one, or do you want me to actually write like a legitimate jingle? Like I could make, go either way. Make us jingles for real. We could do that too. That would be fine as well. But I, I like I, mean, I like you know it's fun to just pull up the karaoke track on YouTube and sing over it for a second. It's a lot. It's pretty low effort if you couldn't tell. But <laughs> why not do it all? You know, keep it fresh. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. I could go either way. Um, All right, we'll figure it out. 
I can I can start, but I, I just talked a lot about the analog. If either of you have something real quick that you want to break in with. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll talk. Okay. Um, primarily, I've been dabbling in the uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 DMZ mode specifically, which is like a... Uh, I feel like it's kind of a cross between playing the division dark, dark mode, zone. yeah, dark dark zone, sorry, um, area, and a bit of escape from Tarkov, but not that hardcore, or maybe hunt showdown. Uh, basically, I mean. What all these games have in, con- in uh, common is that they allow you and uh, your friends, in this case up to three people in a group, to load into an area where there are other players. And I think in the case of Call of Duty Warzone, it's like in the 60-ish player range. Um, and then the the map is also populated with lots of AI and you basically have these objectives to complete and you're trying to either avoid other players or kill them. If it, it suits your needs take their loot. Yeah. And, but I mean the, the name of the game really is to survive and to complete your missions and uh, there are missions that you pick before you go into the the match, and there are also missions you can pick up inside the match. Um, and then uh, you can also extract with loot, and um, you get to keep the loot. But you can only hold, like, I think 10 guns total in your stash before you have to start destroying them. And uh, I don't really know why the limit's so low, but it, it doesn't really matter because you find stuff all the time in that game. Is it, Are those 10 guns, like, persistent? Like, I feel like I heard... I, I, I don't know who I was listening to talk about it, but it almost... I think it was on Waypoint. It almost sounded to me like... Like, you start off with a particularly kitted-out gun, but if you lose mm-hmm. it in, the in like, your first round, is it lost forever, or what? You get one... Okay, basically, you pick up weapons in the match that are considered contraband weapons, and when if you take those out with you, and you don't have any of those types of... those specific weapons yet, they will be... Um, unlocked as a uh, blueprint. Okay. And if you have the blueprint unlocked, you can have that be in your one uh, insured weapon slot, which basically means that you can now modify that weapon and, um, and start off with it in your and start off with it. But if you lose it, you don't get it back for two hours maximum. Okay. There's a cooldown. But you will get it back. Um, and the way to shorten the cooldown is to extract with a bunch of cash. It, it basically, you're just buying a lower cooldown. And so, 
Interesting. There's there's a whole lot more to it, but more or less, it's just like a lot of um, immersive gameplay moments. Every match it can can vary wildly. Like sometimes, I mean, I was playing just by myself the other day, which isn't really ideal, but it's it's, it's still possible. And yeah. uh, the first enemy I ran into was a player, and I was jumping through a window, and he was just there. And so I lasted 30 seconds. It was like, it was the shortest match I've ever had. And then I played one today with Jim and we literally went to the wire. Like I was trying to get to the last extraction zone that they offer before the map is overcome by radiation and everybody just dies. And then no other helicopters come in to pick you up. I've never <laughs> been in the match that long because I think the the normal timer is like 25 to 30 minutes to get your stuff done and get out. And sometimes you just get everything done right away and you just leave. It's a, it's a risk reward kind of thing. I mean, you could stay in for the full time and try to just make a lot of money or ruin other players days or whatever you want to do. But Sometimes you just finish your missions and you get out, or just maybe finish one of them. You decide, decide. not to press your your luck and yeah. go on with your day. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's a yeah, that's an interesting. That sounds really cool. It's the first time that I've ever been like, I kind of want to try this out, and the fact that it's in the free to play war zone mm-hmm. makes me actually want to do it instead of being like, well, I got to plop down sixty to seventy dollars to get this on the. In the new Call of Duty. Um, there is so. a recon drone, too, so that's right up your alley. Hell yes. That sounds great. Um, yeah, not much else to say about it other than, like, it's in beta. There's definitely a lot of bugs still. Um, but it definitely has room for growth, and I feel like uh, they really need to stick with it. It seems to me, based on who I know that's playing it and compared to other uh, modes in Call of Duty, that it's very popular. So I would imagine that they'll stick with it and not just abandon it. It's cool to me that Warzone seems kind of like they're... where they tend to be more experimental with things. You know, I guess they may, I guess they always made like new game modes and things and tried things out in like the traditional game, but it feels like Warzone yeah. is kind of their like... You know, we'll keep up with the times a little bit and do our own battle royale and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I cool. I don't think I've played much else other than the usual multiplayer games. I just haven't dove into a single player game since I got back from vacation, but I'm sure it'll happen. Nice. Um, I'm I'm I've gotten a little further in God of War. I I'm sure John can. Dis- dispense of his thoughts a little bit further in um but i i will say here's the thing i've only I've, i'm probably like an hour and 10 in i was only 20 minutes in last time we talked about two weeks ago so i haven't put a lot of time into it because um life is busy and also uh marvel snap still ruins my life but um i don't think i was really hooked by God of War up until the first big cinematic fight that you have at the beginning 
with a Norse god who is Thor. Um, which is Thanks a little bit a spoiler, lot. but not really. Uh, like the first game starts off with that big fight. Is it who's Jeremy Davies played? Does he play Balder? Balder. Yeah. Yeah. You get that big fight with Balder, and they do something really similar with Thor. Um, but obviously Thor and Balder are, are pretty different in terms of you know Thor. Thor's kind of very recognizable with his Mjolnir and lightning and all that type of stuff. And uh, I think there's part of me that was just kind of like. I was rubbing up against the fighting in in God of War up until Thor where I was kind of just the muscle memory of Elden Ring lingers on within me and I was trying to dodge out of the way with circle and but X is is the correct button to do it with in God of War and it was really kind of ruining my experience. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I I've done I've done that a few times. Yeah. Like, I didn't even try to, like, see if there was a way I could change the button, didn't do any button mapping. I know you could probably do it on the system level, which sounds like a nightmare, too. Um, but it was kind of cramping my style until I got to that Thor fight, and then I was like, okay, I remember what this game is doing. I remember, you know, the the boss fights and, and how interesting and different they could be and the story with which comes with all of this and, and how well it is told and acted. Odin is played by Richard Schiff, which is interesting uh, just to have like, and he looks like Richard Schiff with like an eye patch, which is, uh, it's I mean, it's a choice. It's really, it's, it's interesting <laughs> to just kind of, I don't know. It, it feels like a, the the portrayal of Norse gods in God of War feels very different to the Thor that I'm used to from like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm, I feel like I'm getting more into it. So I'm excited to delve deeper into it. John, is the game still treating you well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, according to the the main mission chapter list i am one third of the way through the game and i think i have about 18 hours logged wow okay so that seems about on par with like people saying it takes about 30 something hours to finish and i've done a couple of side quest things here and there i haven't done a ton of them they're they're they definitely exist but i found myself incapable of opening certain pathways because i don't have the Metroidvania the unlockable, <laughs> yeah, I don't have it yet. So uh, I'm yeah. getting, I'm, I've gained, I gained another one recently. Um, I don't want to spoil any of the story, so I won't say how I got it. But um, it's, it's, it's a great game. The narrative is so good, and the uh, oh man, it's hitting me again. Oh, <laughs> the sleepiness <laughs> that those these late night episodes get me. Uh, it's uh the the way they kind of change up the gameplay by allowing you to by by introducing different characters as companions and things like that is very cool um the the companion i currently have with my with kratos uh or had in the last chapter that i i did um would kind of talk shit to him as he was doing as i'd go off and like uncover a treasure chest like that that uh, again that banter that interactivity that we talked about before it's funny to see other characters and the way they react to what he does Mm -hmm. whereas like 
previously the characters that I was with were kind of annoyed by it, but like not in like a, in an aggressive way. But this latest character, as I was going to get a treasure chest, is like, come on, like getting mad about it. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's, that's funny. Like, so, um, yeah, it's a cool, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very really, it's a very well done story. It's a very pretty game. I will say again, and, uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I, I'm pacing myself with it just because I had to, I wanted to finish Andor so we could talk about Andor. And uh, there's there's other things I want to play too. Like I want to pick up Midnight Suns. I was telling you guys that earlier Same. today because everybody keeps talking about Midnight Suns. Same. And the more I see gameplay of it, the cooler it seems. But I also look at it and I'm like, couldn't they just, couldn't they have done a franchise that other people like give a shit about with Marvel? Like, give me a tactical game that's the X Men. Like that would be cool. Because I want to play as the X Men. Want to do something a little different? Me, and that, I'm sure. That's well, that's, so that's the thing is, I think we. I, this is all. I mean, to me, it's fascinating to think of the idea of Blade hanging out with like Iron Man and shit. Well, I mean, and so unusual. I'm not. Gonna it's get all into explained the through like much. multiverse shit, right? Like I don't know. We I can kind of get into it because we we've talked about God of War like enough for now, so we can talk about this for a I, second. Because I listened to an interview on Waypoint once again with uh, the I can't remember his name. Uh, someone at like the top of Firaxis, who is the maker of XCOM and Marvel Marvel's Midnight Sun. Um. And uh, the guy basically was like, yeah, Marvel came to us, wanted us to make a game because they knew of XCOM and we uh, took a look at everything and apparently he like very specifically liked the Midnight Suns comics and when he said that to them, they were like, really? That's what you want to go with? (laughs) Which is funny. (laughs) But like Midnight Suns was originally like, you know... um, let me let me pull up the original because Midnight Suns S U N S is the game. Midnight Suns S O N S was the comic, and uh, the actual Midnight Suns was like Blade, like you were saying, and uh, I think Ghost Rider, um, Johnny Blaze, and Morbius were like the original team, and so some of the like Iron Man and Wolverine and all those top line Marvel people being in the game is like, well, it's a Marvel game. We got to put everybody in it. And so I think that's a little bit of why they changed it from midnight Suns to midnight Suns was like, we also are going to have female characters too. And that's fine. Um, I think midnight Suns actually did as well, but well, cause if you're going to do a game like this, you have to be more interesting than just three characters. Like, yeah, you know, it's good to have that variety and and have different especially people. like three like b-side characters that nobody really cares about except us at the midwest podcast network who really love blade yes yes so many blade lovers on this on this podcast network um but, but yeah they could, no. i mean they could have done like they could have done like x factor which is different than x-men but still like a larger group that makes a little more cohesive sense or, you know, uh, 
I don't know, what were the the character the the underdwellers of of the X Men universe like the Murlocs or whatever? Is, yeah, is that what yep. they were like? Yep. something you know with like Domino and all those them kids. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't know. Like the more I see videos of it, because like Fextra Life, the the guys who do all the Elden Ring and Souls like game, uh, like RPG walkthroughs and and builds and stuff, they've been doing character builds for every single like superhero you get in midnight suns and releasing videos of it and i've watched a couple of them and just watching this game i'm like this is really cool like this is a very cool idea in the scope of like does it move as fast paced as like a superhero thing should probably not but oh my god it looks interesting <laughs> enough i can't stop yawning I, I i just it's killing me right now now i'm not i don't feel tired i'm just yawning like it's yeah. stupid anyways it midnight suns looks very cool i would like to pick that up that's something that's on my list i also um there was something else that i wanted to check out on game pass uh that new warhammer game that everybody was talking about i forgot i did play that a little bit because that's on game pass too from what i heard so i want to check yeah, that out i would play that with you all of the new warhammer games look ridiculously awesome like very awesome so i've considered picking up those to some extent yeah that uh, game uh it's uh kind of poorly optimized but it is it is playable. Um, the character creator is hilarious. I mean, you can make some really goofy looking characters. I, I got to show you guys mine actually. It's amazing. <laughs> My but, interest um, is peaked. It. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, so could I? How many hours could I spend in the character creator? Probably not hours because you get basically like four basic models to use but then you can stretch them from like super tall to kind of short and then there's a lot of hairstyles to mix and match with facial hair and you can pick your sex and then i mean it's it's there there's better out there but i just i find it to be really hilarious some of the combos you can come up with in this game I just wish I could import my Grand Theft Auto Five character to everything. It's... I want I want to import my Saints Row Three. Character I was going to say you got to see Brian's Saints Row character. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I want to be able to pitch bend my customized voice in every game. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, a lot, that's man. the thing. There's a lot of games coming out after kind of the like usually like November Call of Duty time frame is like that's that's it game of the year all the games are out let's talk about it but like midnight suns came out this past friday something else came out i think on the second as well um let's take a look and see if i can yeah there's a lot i'm still i'm still trying to stop myself from getting god of war in hopes that if you'll finish it in two to three years and i can just borrow it (laughs) Yeah. Or by then it'll be free on uh, PS Plus. There you go. Uh, but, um, Crisis very... Core came out, or is coming out soon, I think. Callisto, oh, Callisto Protocol, Protocol came, came, out came out on yeah. the 2nd, which is the Dead Space uh, people making a new horror game, which I heard isn't that great, which is fine. I, I, that means I don't need to pick it up. But uh, I, I, I would have been curious about that. 
And then, yeah, Crisis Core Reunion is coming out on the 13th, and I have that pre-ordered, so that'll be coming to me, too. But, like, I, I, I gotta get through God of War, and I'm only an hour and ten minutes into it after four weeks of release or something like that, so... <sighs> just need more time. But, uh... I can't... No, I shouldn't complain about there being a lot of good games out. Our game's interesting to play. Oh, I, yeah, I, so... Um... The Witcher Next Gen was announced, and yeah, that's coming, coming out, out soon. on the 14th. And I own The Witcher Three on Witcher 3 Xbox. Next Gen, yeah. So oh, that'd be good. That'd and, be a good. And I think everybody gets an upgrade. Nice. If you already own it, you get the next gen upgrade. So yeah, I'll probably reinstall that to finally finish the last expansion with the fancy new graphics. I I never fully played. Uh, the Witcher Three, so I'd like to give it a little more time. It's it's just hard because I know how big of a game it is, and I know I'll, I'll I will reach a point where I'm bored with it uh, to some extent. So I've been meaning to know. start The Witcher, but now I can kick the ga- the can down the road now that they're going to remake it in Unreal Engine Five. So I'm yeah. just I'll, I put that back on the back burner, and maybe by the time my child is in college, I'll get to it. Oh, that the game High on Life is coming out too. That's the one with all the. It's like the Rick and Morty people are working on it. And, oh, that uh, actually looks pretty good with the guns that have different personalities and talk to you and shit. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of people. A lot of people reacted to that like, "Oh, great, Rick and Morty, a whole lot of Justin Roiland or whatever." But apparently, the voice cast is a little bit more extensive than what they showed in the uh, in the trailer, which is good because the need. It needed more than just him, so uh, I'm curious to see how people like that. And I think that might be on Game Pass. It will be coming day one to Game Pass, according to Xbox. Oh, there you go. Here we go. I got something I can fresh. Play like an hour of it, and then delete it. Yeah, and not feel bad. There you go. Cool. Well, that's cool. It's cool that there's still games coming out in December. Apparently, uh, you know, the year didn't just yeah, end. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Well, a wealth of of things to play is not a bad thing. Uh, and there's yeah, been, there were well, some there were some lulls this year, but it's been a pretty good year overall. So, which speaking of, let's talk about these game awards. Yeah, we're uh, not going to go through every category here. Yeah. We're just going to do some of the categories, and we're going to make predictions. Is what. Uh, yeah, said, I want to so. make predictions, but I don't know what the wager is. Are you going to track these somehow? Should I have I an Excel sheet them? that I pulled up to kind of fill in as we go along. Okay. Um, and the problem uh, is, I think we're gonna we will probably all three of us agree on everything. So it's, I, it's I do have a I have a list pulled up. So nice. okay, let's. I I moved. I pulled up the uh, gematsu dot com uh, list because it it was like the first one that popped up for me for some reason i don't really know why uh but i'm gonna start towards the bottom of this real quick here with um we're gonna do best debut indie is a good one i think to start Mm. with and this is for the best debut game created by a new independent studio your nominees are neon white norco stray tunic and vampire survivors (sighs) i've played three of those I'm thinking Stray's going to take this one because I feel as though Stray received the most critical praise. 
it got really? kind of the widest appeal for sure. I think you're right because it, it kind of it made it a little bit out of the gaming sphere of like it's the cat game. There's a cat game mm-hmm. out right now. Yeah, there's a game where I get to be a cat, and all the furry kids on Facebook were like, "Oh yeah." But like at the same time, the waves that I felt of Vampire Survivors, it was this like reverberation that I feel like started at one end of the gaming industry, and then I started hearing it on more and more podcasts and more and more people being mm-hmm. like, oh my god, Vampire Survivors. I'm really torn. I'm really torn. I think either Stray or Vampire Survivors, so that's probably where it's between. You could be wrong, though. I heard a lot of people talking great things about Neon White and Norco and Tunic as well. I've never even... I don't even think I heard of Neon White all year, honestly. I, like, there... Uh, Several of the podcasts that I listened to, everybody was addicted to beating each other's trial times in Neon White because it's like it's like a leaderboard. Like, what is it? It's a first-person game where there are like ability cards, but it's all about like oh, traversing no. through the level. To yeah, kind of... no, I do know what that is. Okay. I I forgot the name. Apparently, the... apparently, it's very <laughs> anime. It's actually made by the dude who made Donut County. If you can believe that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that kind of makes sense. Ben Esposito, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, this is a really stacked category. I think I, yeah. I personally, and this is the thing that's hard for me. Whenever I did the Oscar, uh, like Oscar wager thing for film nerds, and whenever I did the summer movie wager, it was what do I think should win versus what sh- what will actually win. But I, I think my heart aligns. I think I gotta go with Vampire Survivors on this one. Okay. Okay, well, are we are we gonna do what we wish would win and what we think is actually no, gonna win? I think you gotta go with what what do you think is actually gonna win? Is what what I'm gonna well, document. I'm gonna tell you anyways. But what I think is actually gonna win is Stray. What I w- would like to win probably Tunic. I'll put it in parentheses. <laughs> All right, John. You, Stray. You Stray. Yeah, hands down. Is, is that what you would want to win and what you think is going to win? Uh, I didn't play Stray, so I can't None say. None of us did, did um, we? I played Tunic, and I played Vampire Survivors, and Vampire Survivors like takes the cake for me for my own personal playability. Makes sense. All right. Um, all right, next category I'm going to move to is the... Uh, I don't care about multiplayer, and they're just going to give it to Call of Duty anyways. So <laughs> um, let's go to best... Simulation strategy game. Best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Your nominees are Dune Spice Wars, Mario Rabbids Spark of Hope, Total War Warhammer 3, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. This is a hard one. I think they're going to give it to Mario Rabbids. You can put me down for that. It's kind of like... Mario's a, the most recognizable name, right? Yeah. But I also feel like the people who are in the shit here, I think, did enjoy Total War, Warhammer 3. Oh, I mean, Paradox is a powerhouse, though. There's a lot of Paradox fan boys and girls. For Victoria 3. I literally haven't heard of this game before, though. <laughs> so. It just came out in the, okay. in the last month. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. It's, Yeah. I think I'm with John on Mario and Rabbids. Is that your pick, John? Yeah. I'm it would be between say... that or Warhammer. 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mario Rabbids. I'm gonna go a completely different route and say Two Point Campus. Why do you okay. say that? Because it's it's you don't because we don't even. I know just what it have is. a feeling that that's what's gonna win because it <laughs> seems like it like nobody cares, but okay, that's why. <laughs> I think it was All on right. Game Pass at some point. It was, but, yeah, yeah. Or still is. Uh, Spice Wars is on Game Pass. I do actually want to play that. I would like to try that out. But too. I don't have an opinion on any of these. I installed Warhammer 3 and never started it up. So, whoops. <laughs> all right. Vote of confidence. Are we all locked in there then? Yep. We're good. All right. Next one. Best role playing for the best game designed with rich player character customization progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Your nominees are Elden Ring. Live a live? Is it live alive? Live a life? Live alive is the is how it's yeah. I'm gonna okay. go with live a live. L- live or a live. maybe live alive. I don't know. I can't uh, remember. Live a live. <laughs> That's mine. Uh, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, Triangle Strategy, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I think they're gonna give this one to Pokemon Legends Arceus. Really. It's between that or Xenoblade. I don't think they're going to give best RPG to Elden Ring. I think we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to Elden Ring in a in a uh, bit. Yeah, I'm going to go with Elden Ring. I think it's just going to sweep every category it's in. That's kind of the thing that I feel about it, but I kind of feel like that's more of an Oscars thing than it is a Game Awards thing. That's you know? where my head is. Yeah. Like I want my 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 brain is telling me like Elden Ring is gonna fucking clear house and it'll probably it, win several episodes. If, but what's your body telling you, R. Kelly? <laughs> if if, uh, if my mind's telling me no. <laughs> if Live Alive was actually Five Alive, no, no, I it's Live like that, that Alive. That juice was awesome. Tell right. us what your body's telling you. My, my body is going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Okay, just to be different here? <laughs> Partly, yeah. But also, I feel like uh, the people who like RPGs really liked that game a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, next category is Best Action Adventure Game. For the Best Action Adventure Game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, your nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tuning. I think they're going to give this category. They're going to give this one to Horizon, I think. Uh... Haven't played Plague Tale Requiem, can't say. Haven't played Stray. I haven't played Horizon either, but I think this will be a fitting category for that. I've played a bit of Stray. Um... It was okay. I was hoping it would go on sale for more than like $23, but yeah. yeah. Uh, It'll eventually be like five, I'm sure. This is probably like three hours long or something. That's about all. I heard it's like five and a half hours long. That's all I want to. All I I want to pay for that kind of game is like five bucks. I got through about two of those five hours, and yeah, it was fine. Um, I'm like, so here's the thing. Spoiler alert. I think like, I think game of the year is going to go to Elden Ring. And I think game direction is going to go to God of War. We're not there yet. 
I agree that, with I, both I said of those things. Alert. Which is why I chose Horizon for this category. That, and that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I don't know that the that the that the voting body, which is all people plus uh the games press, are that diplomatic about this kind of thing too. Yeah. So Yeah. Anyway, I'm, John, you say Horizon? Yep. I would like it to be Horizon based on what I've played out of that category this year. But uh, I'm going to say they're going to vote Tunic. Ooh, that's a, that's a good... I'm going to flip-flop you and say I think they're going to vote Horizon. But you wish it was Tunic. But I wish it was Tunic. All right. Good. Locked in. All right. Best action game... Uh, Best action for the best game in action genre focused in primarily on combat. Bayonetta three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare two, <laughs> Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> what a weird ass category. I know. Like I, it's kinda all over the place. Um uh, Yeah, I already chose mine though. Alright, what is it? I'm gonna go with Neon White. I think the game I think you didn't they're, know they're, what fucking what it was. Well, I did know ago. what it was. I just didn't realize what the name was. Okay, That's fine. yeah. But no, I read a lot about it, and it was another game that I passed on buying this year that I really wanted to try. I think the Dorito Pope is uh, he likes a little bit of controversy, so he's going to give this one to Bayonetta three. Hmm. 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 Just to piss off all the nerds on uh, all all the woke nerds on Twitter, <laughs> I personally it, really enjoyed TMNT, but in yeah. in the Muskverse, you know, yeah, into the Muskverse. Uh, I am gonna pick uh, Sifu because why all not? Right. I do think Neon White was kind of a like critical darling, at least in terms of the podcasts. I I will mention because I did skip this category, but Sifu's also listed under best fighting game. Yeah, that's a bit a bit of a controversy uh, for people because it's not really a fighting game. It's but, not a fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. All right. Weird. This is the same weird shit that they do in the Oscars or in like the the Golden Globes when. Like, uh, oh, when something well, isn't up for the category you think it should be, but it's up for something else completely different, like, yeah, for the like, sake of just being nominated for something, or or because they think they have a better chance as like a limited series as opposed to being a comedy drama, uh, like a comedy or musical right, or something right. like that, yeah, yeah. So, all right, interesting. Best indie, which is different than the previous debut indie developer. Indie. Yeah. So this is for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside of the traditional publisher system. Your nominees are Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. And I think this one will go to Tunic. All right. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Cult of the Lamb. Which I recall reading about. I recall nothing about what I read. <laughs> um, I'm going <laughs> to say Tunic, too, because I want it to be Tunic. 
I want it to be Tunic as well. All right. All right. Best ongoing game awarded for a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, and Rainbow Six is not on the list. So, <laughs> Bullshit. Bummer. Still uh, I think they'll give this one to Apex, I think. I'm leaning towards that. But also Final Fantasy 14... I feel as though it's had a resurgence like over the past couple years here. The past year. I feel like yeah. I've heard more people playing it, so maybe they'll give it to 14. Although Destiny 2's expansion was very solid this year. I was gonna, like, has, has it not gone to, like, fucking uh, Fortnite every year? But, okay, so uh, I guess uh, since I'm looking this up, I'll give you guys the data, too. Last year it was Final Fantasy fourteen. Last year, before, year was yes, the year before oh, that. Then they, was they won't they won't do it two years in a row. Nah. Let me double check here. Well, the year before that was No Man's Sky. Oh, that's a pretty. Uh, was Destiny two in this category the last two years? Let me double check for you. Let me. I'm uh, sure Fortnite was. I'm still looking at the next previous year ongoing if I could find it Fortnite did win Destiny 2 is on this list along with Rainbow Six Siege for 2020 we also had let's see what was here Apex Warzone Destiny 2 Fortnite 2021 Final Fantasy fourteen, Apex, Warzone, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. So no Destiny 2 last year. I'm going with Destiny 2. It's its time. Even though I've played the least this year than I have any other year. Uh, I John, do you, you said Apex? I'm leaning towards Apex, but since Brian's saying Destiny 2 is like now is the time, like I kind of feel like I agree with that, but I'll I'll pick Apex just to be different. Alright. I'm gonna say it's been enough time since Fortnite won, they're gonna win it again. <laughs> Alright. They have like Darth Vader in the game this year. Of course they're gonna win. It's probably going to be Genshin Impact. Just yeah. fuck us all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. right. Best performance awarded to an individual or for voiceover acting, uh, motion, and or performance capture. Uh, Ashley Birch for Horizon Forbidden West. Charlotte McBurney for A Plague Tale Requiem. Christopher Judge for God of War Ragnarok. Manon Gage for Immortality. And Sonny Soljic for God of War Ragnarok. That's tough putting uh, up two people from God of War in this. I can't speak to anyone's performance. Uh, what characters outside. do they play? Uh, Christopher Judge plays Kratos, Kratos. and Sonny Soljic is Atreus. Okay. Uh, um, and Ashley Birch played Aloy in the first game, right? She yeah. did. Uh, that's tough because I feel like I, I don't I haven't played any of a plague tale requiem so i can't speak to that 
So and for I've, reference, because I have the information, Christopher Judge did not win for 2018. Uh, Roger Clark beat him for Arthur Morgan and Rod, Red Dead Redemption Ooh. too. Um, man, I think they'll give this to Ashley Birch. Same. I'm gonna go with Christopher Judge. Because he didn't win last time. A little bit, yeah. And I think okay. it is a very like iconic role. And I think he does a very good job. Like Kratos is a man of few words, but uh it's quite a performance. So Yeah. Alright. Okay. Uh next one. Best score in music for outstanding music inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. You have a Plague Tale Requiem. You have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think they're going to give this to Metal Hellsinger because it's actually a music-oriented game. Yeah, I've heard good things about Metal Hellsinger. Um, yeah, you have to you have to like fight in rhythm with the music or something like that. Yeah, but it, yeah, it looks really cool actually. Yeah, it and does it ha- doesn't sweet. it have like music from like System of a Down and shit in it? Yeah, like a bunch of really awesome metal music. Yeah. Yeah, Surge Surge Tankian actually has some music in it. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Like, I find it weird that Elden Ring's on this list because I don't feel like you hear... Like, there's no focus on the music at any point in that game. Yeah, I I honestly... You could play something and I would never know it was from Elden Ring. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Brian, are you agreeing with uh, Metal Hellsinger? Yeah. Right. I think we're across the board. The board. uh, Metal Hellsinger, then. All right, next one. Uh, best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. You have Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. Mm. Of these five things, I think Scorn and Stray have the most unique art direction. Um... I, think I almost want to go scorn because I I think people would be like it's the penis game, but um, <laughs> I mean I'm leaning towards scorn just because it's different enough. It's the penis game. Yes, because it's the penis game. <laughs> I think I think I would pro. I think it's pro. I think it'll go to stray. I think this one will go to stray. Is my thought. I'm gonna go with stray. Mm. John, final answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going um, with Elden Ring. <laughs> All right. I'll just. I'm gonna go with Horizon Forbidden West just to be a fucking nerd. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. You have a Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West and Immortality. <sighs> Immortality is the video game that you like the like video it video is. game. Yeah. I tried playing that and I don't get it. 
at all. Like, yeah, I it's can't. a weird one. It's a weird one. It is. That's kind of the thing. That's kind of why I told, like it. It. I think you might try it out and be like, "This is not for me." But it's not for me at all. Yeah. I tried. Um, I don't think it's enough of a narrative to really hold together, despite the fact that I think the man who made it uh is is not. I think her story really was something that people lauded for the narrative that was in- included within. I don't I don't think they would do the same for this game. I think Ragnarok will win this one. Yeah, I could I'm going to have to Yeah. I could see that. I haven't finished it though. I have finished Horizon and I think Horizon kind of deserves it in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go with Horizon deserves it. I'm going back on my word and saying Elden Ring is going to sweep everything because it does not deserve this category at all, no. in my opinion. And uh, God of War probably does. I haven't played it yet, but yeah. So you I wish God it was War... Horizon, but I think God of War is going to win. Okay. John? Uh, I said God of War. Okay. Think. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, best game direction awarded for outstanding creative vision, innovation, game direction, and design. Uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality again. And that's interesting to see them at this category. And uh, Stray being the last one. Uh, I I agree with you, Alex. I think Ragnarok is going to take best game direction. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I think the. I think this game almost quite literally like Cory Barlog in this case would basically be a, a, a film director is my thinking on it. And yeah, no, he's going to get an HBO series out of this one. Probably, <laughs> you know, like Neil Druckmann. Yeah, they're going to see so. how, yeah, they're going to see how the last of us goes and then HBO will pony up the money to No, Then Amazon's going to be like, okay, like Amazon will step in. Amazon, I think supposedly, or maybe it's Netflix. Somebody's working on Horizon supposedly. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't remember. Brian? I'm going to have to go with God of War again. I predict right. you're going to be like, I should have gone with Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I should have gone with my original <laughs> prediction, but it would sweep everything. Uh, and finally, game of the year recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west stray and xenoblade chronicles 3 where's tunic it's not on there because only 12 people played it and you're two of them (laughs) (laughs) i said it earlier i think i think it's gonna go elden ring I think this will go to Elden Ring. Yeah. Same. Uh, if not Elden Ring, I think it'll go to Xenoblade because they'll want to throw that wrench in everybody's gears somehow. <laughs> I don't I don't think that would. Let me, let, let me let's look at I want to look at the historical because I can never remember what has won in the past. But real quick, I know I know we're getting up to the end here, but um God of War did win in 2018. 2021, we've got It Takes Two, which was... Which I mean, nobody played, so... No, people played it. And it was Joseph Two, two people. 
Yeah, just wanted, Joseph Ferris and, maybe, and his maybe brother the, maybe played the Dorito it. Pope just wanted to make sure that he would get another memeable moment out of Joseph Ferris or something like that. But, yeah, uh, fuck the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 went to Last of Us Part 2. 2019 went to Sekiro. Yeah, no, Elden Ring, for sure. But It'd be yeah. funny if Elden Ring didn't win shit. <laughs> I highly doubt it. So many people talking about it. That's the thing I is, think... it's a game. It's a game that kind of again, like kind of like I said, Skyrim did. It kind of transcended boundaries of gaming for yeah, people, for sure. And I think, I think in that way, I think Horizon will get pretty overlooked. I think my best narrative nod to horizon is probably not not likely <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think god of war is probably right but i'll stick with it I'll well put that's, this list that's the in thing the is like notes. horizon got heavily overlooked because of elden ring so <laughs> yep yeah it was so close to it uh I'll, I'll put the list in the show notes if anybody else wants to take their stab at these categories please uh, what's the wager us, what are we wagering um. Uh, whoever wins the most, we'll do, we'll do the thing that Triple Click does, where like whoever wins the most has to pick a game for the other two to play, and you have to play it. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that as like a. Yeah. That'll be a good topic for the beginning of the year because I'm sure nothing will come out in like January anyway. So let's do it that way. And maybe, no, how about whoever wins it gets to pick the first bargain bin? We're going to buy a, we're going to buy a super cheap game on Steam. And oh, yeah, I forgot we were doing the bargain bin thing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do it. How about that? Okay. Yeah, it seems more likely to be something we can actually accomplish. Because yeah. if one of us picks a 60-hour game for somebody to play, nobody's going to play it. <laughs> right. Fair enough. All right. Anyways, if you want to follow us on social media and see other places you can listen to the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K. Tomsey, David O. Alan K. and Corey Z. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes. We call them side quests. This week's side quest is about Andor. So stay tuned for that. Or join the Patreon and get it a week early. Your call. But as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGainers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what we're going to cover next. We I had some other ideas in the chat, I thought, but I can't remember what. But maybe we'll announce it. I yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. I, maybe all of us will pick up Marvel, or maybe not. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff coming. Lots of good things coming yes. in the next yep. year. Mm-hmm. Like, in the uh, next couple of weeks. Yeah supposed to be a zelda game next year and uh starfield starfield survivors that i survivor yeah 
yeah, a we'll new do, Destiny expansion. I'm sure we'll do uh, some kind of look look ahead as well. So. All right, sounds good. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>